Welcome to the IST Podcast, guys. Today we are going to talk about the stories that we've all had from a decade of coaching. It's going to be a, a lighter type session. I think it'll be funny, we hope. Um, we'll have some good stories that, that we've seen or things that we've seen in the last 10-ish years. Um, and I think we're all excited for that. Very excited. There's, yeah. there's been a lot that's happened. There's been, there's like been a lot. The longer I think about it, the more things I can think of. Like they just keep coming. This, yeah, this, this is going to be good. Uh, but we'll do our question of the day before we uh, before we start. I think we're all into sports. We all played sports. So the question will be, if you could play a professional sport, what would it be? And it's a tough question. There's a lot of cool sports. but what There's would it a be? lot of things to take into account. Yep. Like money, injury risk, uh, future health outcomes. CrossFit. You- um, so I'm probably going to go for like, maximum money least amount of effort and i don't want to be famous either because the last thing i'd want is to like be walking around and people are trying to take pictures of me or like i'm at a restaurant so maybe so there's like two options i'm leaning towards like uh, a long snapper maybe in the nfl or a backup uh long snapper something like that so you're making at least cap minimum which is really good salary uh or uh, like a, an obscure baseball player, what baseball player would be the least likely to get recognized? Relief, oh. relief pitcher. Yeah, a relief pitcher. Like Who's a set, not very good. Like a setup man. David Robertson just got paid ten million for one year. So yeah, so, so maybe yeah. do that for like two, three years, and then just like call it. I think that's what I'd do. Okay, that's that's the answer we were going for right there. Uh, I guess mine's not that thoughtful, but uh, MLB just because I played baseball growing up and. Like, that would, it'd be, like, super, it'd be, like, the life dream kind of deal. Um, however, close second would be NBA, because I would actually want to be, like, the seventh man on an NBA team, so, like, I really don't have to play. And <laughs> Depending on the team, you'd play a bit, though. You'd probably play 20 minutes. Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah. Not any, like, critical minutes or, like, where I could Why are we taking the easy way out? But... <laughs> like, no one's like, I want to be LeBron James. I do... I, I always get an argument nearly every time I say this. I think that uh, professional basketball players are, like, the most impressive athletes. So, like, as a seventh man, you'd get to watch some of the best athletes in the world every night play an extremely athletic sport. So that'd be fun to watch. Okay. So we got we got basketball and baseball. Joe, close, I, I think... Yeah, close tie. I mean, if I improved mentally from when I started when I was young, I would want to be a professional golfer. I think that that's just kind of relaxing. Like everyone, even pro athletes want to be good at golfing. So you'd be like, you're a good golfer. You're the man. Make a whole bunch of money that way. Uh, but again, it's hard mentally. Or this is kind of obscure surfer. Be a really good pro surfer that's sponsored. I'm not good at surfing. I've done it once. Kyle yeah, that'd be an awesome life. I mean, it'd be scary, but like, I don't even that know. Would be cool. That sounds like a real surfer name. Kyle Lenny's good. Your points, you pick two outdoor sports, and like, those, I guess surfers might not have as great health outcome as golfers, but golfers can play forever. Yeah. And they don't really risk injury. And now you can play on the Live Golf Tour, and you can make way more money. So, and you can I think you do controversial best. stuff on that. And not that I would, but yeah. You have the best choices. You wouldn't far. even have to like. You could be like the Happy Gilmore of the live. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> Pat Perez is doing that already. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just respect surfers a lot, and I like the water. Maybe not huge waves, but all right. 
we'll get into our podcast. So stories from the last decade of coaching. I kind of have my notes broken down into outside of the gym and then in the gym. So maybe we start with outside of the gym and sessions that we've seen. And we'll just kind of go around and just go off of each other on this. So Alex, why don't you start? I'm thinking like chronological order here. Yeah, so that's I, what I, was I instantly just go like right back to when I first started here. And my first day I was ever here, uh, we used to have an internship uh, program here where, we, you know, kids from the school would come in and I had zero experience with any type of coaching. Like I lifted weights and I lifted in a gym. And my first day here, uh, I really didn't know how to help out. Like I was told to like, you know, do some warm ups and this kind of stuff. But when you're first here, you, you want to make sure you're doing stuff the way you're like Chris was doing it and you were doing it and Jeff were doing it. Uh, at the time, the other coaches, and I didn't want to mess anything up. So I would just go around and I started spotting kids on back squats, which if you guys have been to our gym, we'd never spot on back squats <laughs> and for good reason. So I don't know if you even saw that, but yeah, uh, to this day, Max Brenner, I spotted him and he makes fun of me to this day. <laughs> but you just didn't expect it. You, you like ghosted him. I was like, I'm just standing here. I'm not good enough coach to coach right now. And I'm like, I'm going to go spot kids. And I don't know what I'm doing. So, kind of funny. Do you remember when you had 500 pounds on the bar at Scholastica and you got co-spotted like that? That uh, was scary, actually. <laughs> One of the most dangerous things you could do to a person. So, okay, first time. Actually, it was like my third third time squatting 500 uh, at Scholastica, which the gym is already a little bit... It's not risk-free. There's dust. There's dirt. There's lots of people who are have poor awareness. And I go down for this squat, and it's obviously it's heavy, so it's not moving fast. And as I'm coming up, two arms come up from my back. Yeah. And some guy goes, man, you had a lot of weight. I thought you needed help. And I went, don't ever do that again. Yeah, that was... Because uh, if I drop it, he's he's like probably close to really injured. That was, yeah. That was funny, too. The old spotting came full circle. I guess I'm going to bring up another squatting. Uh, at Marshall, we used to work with the, some younger hockey kids. Still do. Um, but Chris had me back squat them so i had a kid on each side of the bar <laughs> and they it sounds easy because there's it maybe it was like 350 or something total weight but they were moving around so much yeah so it was like a 10 or 12 second eccentric and then on the way up i just felt them moving and like my knees coming in and knees going to one side and that was pretty fun too that so was that was just whipping around that's a good marshall story because I, I think that was probably the same summer um i thought it was a good idea to like do a heavy squat like that and then do slap shots with the kids because they had a shooting area and like they would do a heavy squat or a press or something it might have been an upper body movement and then i would feed them the puck and they would do slap shots and like three kids in a row broke their sticks right in half nice like, expensive right away so they're like 250 300 sticks and i cut it right there and that was the worst experiment i ever did and i one of the gentlemen that comes here he was one of the dads, and I told I had to apologize, but that was one of the bad exper experiments that I've ever done. But they were so. shooting harder than ever. So. But they <laughs> were shooting harder. In theory, it's a good strength training, like, maybe hypothetical situation where it would maybe. work. Maybe. Textbook. We're breaking good. sticks out here. Yeah. Yeah. Marshall, Marshall's always good for some funny stuff. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Joe, you must have some good Marshall stories. Uh, Yeah. Couple marsh, couple good Marshall stories. Marshall hockey rink. Yeah, um, I guess like something that a lot of people would probably recognize now is it's actually uh, related to our music choice. So I remember I was in grad school, 
So like this was like when I was part time. Um, in the evening, I would go work with the girls' martial hockey team, and like the age range on that team was hilarious. Yeah, it was yeah, like sixth graders to like seniors who were like eighteen. So it's just like a really it's a weird pot of <laughs> athletes to work with. But anyway, um, they would like always play the same like mix of songs or whatever. And I asked them, I'm like, what the heck? Like, what are you guys listening to? And that's where I got introduced to the big booty mix. And now anybody who listens to our music in class, you're probably familiar with that. It's like that hour mashup of songs. Um, so some of the athletes still come back, like they're in college or whatever. And, um, the big booty mix will be on and like, they'll always laugh about that. They're like, I know they're like, I know that you were the one that brought it to the gym. So there's so many memories attached to music. Yes. I put on an old playlist today and one of the songs was one of the songs Willis and I had listened to on the drive to Cloquet, <laughs> yeah. which is hilarious that as soon as it comes on, I just instantly think. Was it the Velt? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like every day. Every single be, day, probably. Either one of us would be sleeping because we just had like eight sessions in a row at Cloquet <laughs> with 150 kids. Oh, so tough. Yeah. We'd, Alex and I would always, we'd go to Cloquet. This is probably like 2013, 2014. Yep. Right. Those two. Gotch was there. Gotch was there. Max was there. Um, and we'd have the three, the three sessions. So it was like four hours in a row at Cloquet high school, just tough dungeon, just dirty weight room. So hot. We were just hot and sweaty and dirty after. And then we'd have to go to the hockey rink and do another hour, two, two hours. We had with two sessions, youth, youth, female, youth, male. Yeah. Sessions up there. And at this point we would be under, um, we'd be malnourished. This is when I was on the PB while I was on the caffeine. And peanut butter and jelly sandwich diet. And Alex was having too much caffeine one day and too little of calories. And he was like going delirious and almost like passed out in the weight room. Yeah, I felt horrible. It was pretty bad. It must actually. have been hot. It must have been hot or something. But you like sat there with your hands in your head. And I think even the girls were like, is Alex okay? Yeah, he's fine. And you just had to like r- rally. But those were, those were kind of the grinds. But then we'd come back and do martial hockey the same days on Tuesday, Thursdays. So we'd come back yeah. from Cloquet. I'd fall asleep because you'd have to, you'd drive. Well, you drove sometimes. <laughs> One time we got stuck in traffic and you took a, a pre-workout. Yep. And you were just itching. And somehow there was traffic in Duluth for like an hour. We were stuck on the freeway. Or it was something. on 35 coming down the hill and we we had to take, we could have taken the first exit. We missed it. And then we were in traffic and I had just taken too much pre-workout and fatality and my face was ready itching. to explode. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of you guys have maybe done something like that, but... Um, that was, that was funny. I, I had a quick, funny story at Marshall. I wish Chris was here to tell it because Chris loves this story. It was him and I, and we were doing the Olympics and it was like teams of 10 on each and we had to sprint up a hill, but maybe it was 10 and nine. So I had to jump in and race the, the 14, 15 year olds and Chris is excited. So we're doing a relay race where you tag a kid. One kid goes up the hill at Marshall. If you're familiar with Marshall, there's like a soccer field and then there's a hill going up to the rink. It's uh, pretty steep. Really, a fence at the top, right? Fence at the top, yeah, right? Really steep vertical climb. You, it was just a re- relay. Like, you go up, you hit the fence, you come back down, and we were killing the other team. And uh, a guy we ex- used to come here, Dave Kidd, if he's listening, he was. I was going head to head with him, and I was just killing him. And I hit the fence, and I turned <laughs> to go backwards down the hill, and I just went like, like ass over tea kettle, yep. like three, yeah. four times down the hill. <laughs> 
like when I, as I was getting cocky and Chris is just dying, yelling at me. Every all these little fourteen year olds are yelling at me, and Kidder passes me, and their no team way. wins. Yeah, they, they they won. They won. Oh man! And like I just tail between my legs, like just terrible tumble. Could have been hurt. Got cocky. Um, I wish Chris loved that one. That was one of his favorites. That's devastating. But, and we we do Olympics at a lot of the schools we go to. So at the end of their sessions, after their six weeks in the summer, we have. Uh, we have like a competition, like we kind of would here, and it's really fun. Yeah, it's something the kids get really excited for it. Like cloquet now, like we've been doing it for so many yeah. years up there. Like three weeks into the summer, like a nearly twelve week program, they're asking when are we gonna pick teams for the Olympics. It's like, it's like we were like working on air squats last week. Like when you like when Joe, anywhere close to doing what was it? Like we so we always have like good Olympics. People are pumped up, and then it was like what was it three four summers ago. Was we had just like a group of just Debbie Downers, just sad, like not sad kids, but just kids that were yeah, it, just it, not great attitude sometimes. <laughs> what happened at the end? Was it like a tie? Uh, yeah, so it was a it was a tie, and then there was uh, it got it was like getting really contentious. Like I actually thought for the first time there might be a fist fight between athletes because there was like two kind of like personalities that really had butted heads all summer and were just going at it and i don't remember how we settled the tie break but it was like i i i remember i was like really nervous that there was <laughs> we were gonna have to break up a fight between these kids because they were getting all yeah i, I think i just like because they just couldn't handle it that they were tied the mentally kid, they couldn't it was like on the it. track the kid comes in he's like that was just bs and I'm like all right man and then he just packs up and leaves oh really oh i remember that yep he quit. Yep. He just quit. The, in the Olympics, the last... Uh, usually everyone's happy. He quits. That's how the other team won. Because we just, their yeah, whole team wasn't there. And we just stand up and we're like, all right, this team wins. And it was just the most anticlimactic, saddest <laughs> way to finish like a really good summer ever. Like maybe it wasn't a funny memory or anything, but it was definitely a memory that yeah. I'll always remember on that. And Cloquet's been legendary for that. Krauser. Um, you can talk about the carry event? Yeah, we did a... What was that? Fireman's carry? Yeah. Something? And Krauser. <laughs> Krauser's guy on his team, he was a, lo- a larger male. Offensive lineman. Offensive lineman. He probably weighed 320 pounds. At least, yeah. And Krauser had to far- fireman's carry this kid like probably 100 meters. On his back. Four, maybe 80 meters on his back. And I thought his little legs were going to buckle. And Krauser made it. And everyone was just like cheering. They didn't win the event, but it was like I was scared. I think you were probably it was scared. Like, it was like if... Uh, you were in an event and they had the heaviest weight that you could barely get and you got it and you got it done. That's like what happened. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone's cheering. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, and that, yeah, that was, that was a good one. And crowds will always be remembered for that. So. It's good. We had the strongest guy that, do it. Like it was perfect. Yeah. He's strongest guy. His legs look so tiny. They, like, they were just going to buckle. Yeah. Like, do you guys still, sorry, do, do you still do that event? No, no. Yeah. That the wheelbarrow carry wheelbarrow race worst thing to pick. Ever. That, that was that's on Chris. Chris loved that one. I'm like, all right, Chris, we'll do a wheelbarrow. People are just getting head first into the turf. Yep. The person behind you is going full sprint, and your hands gonna go so fast. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about Cloquet and Marshall. We've we've done kind of lots of schools. We've had Chris has had a long tenure. Kind of worked a lot with uh, Hermantown. They have like a sweaty shack that's not optimal. Um, that's been kind of fun. I know we used to go to East, um, right 
That's that's what the other thing we did in the summer. Oh boy, we go to East football. <laughs> we'd time forties. We'd have forty five minutes on the track, forty five in the weight room. Um, that I, was great. I did an after school program at East with any kids. So you had varsity senior football players, and just like when Joe had, I had sixth grade girls in the same group, and I'm yeah. trying to design workouts that are that both can do. And there was a ton of them. And the weight room had three, maybe two squat racks, uh, and then a bunch of these like cybex machines but every single one is broken like the cables are snapped so the amount of usable equipment you had was barely anything and and get this there'd be times where i'd show up and the weight room's locked so i go to the athletic director and i have to ask for him to open it up not there go to the gym teacher not there i had like 65 kids in an hour 15 and we worked out in the hallway the whole time yep and and oh it's just not it's great we've had to do a lot of unexpected stuff i've been at cloquet and i get to their weight room at the rink and there's like a hockey treadmill in the middle of the weight room (laughs) and the hockey those are huge and i'm like okay i can't do this so then we have to bring plates to their locker room and do with 30 kids in a locker room a 45 minute plate workout kind of like we did during covid yeah um with high pulls and stuff It, it ended up well but we just it's it's fun how creative you have to be sometimes when you have these challenges it's just Sometimes ridiculous. And sometimes you have five, ten minutes to come up with a yep. whole hour for, yeah, for, yeah with any type it of al- It also just proves that, especially working with kids, like, if you're bought in that the workout's going to be good, they'll buy in. Oh, for like, sure. Like, there's, yeah. there's really not ever that much pushback. And, like, if you can provide the energy and just, like, enthusiasm behind the workout, like, hey, we're going to make the most of it, still going to get a good workout, they're, they're going to work really hard. Yeah. And, again, the nice thing working with the kids is generally whatever you throw at them sticks because they're just, like, they're sponges. Training works really well no matter what you do for them. So even if you have to do a 45-minute plate workout, they're, hey, stu- they're still going to be better for it. You can still press with it. You can still pull with yeah. it, squat with it, do all the important movement patterns. So those are just funny times like yeah there's no room in the locker room too so kids are almost hitting each other with the plate no it's yep. weird kids don't seem to mind like they're side by side with barbells even which can be a bad thing at points where they hit each other's bars they don't understand but it's it's, it's incredible how it's like you guys have even when we have room like spread out like yeah like cloquet you're literally there's like the weight room we can get what we've had like 28 this week joe and like you're just like, you just know where the bars are moving and you can just kind of finagle in between them by like almost getting hit in the face and it's, it's, it's yep. safe, but it's like pretty it's, crazy. It's borderline. Um, it's borderline. Well, some kind of cool. Uh, so we were, Brendan and I were asked, I don't know how long this was ago, maybe seven, six, seven years, 2015, uh, we're asked to speak at uh, NSCA conference, so National uh, Strength and Conditioning Association uh, in St. Thomas, and it was something like we'd never really done before, and we are brainstorming what topics, uh, and at the time, you know, not as much experience as we have now, so we were kind of thinking about like CrossFit maybe, I think, um, at the time CrossFit was suing the NSCA, I'm pretty sure, so yeah, probably, that would have been bad. probably a bad idea. Uh, and we ended up going with the presentation of, I think it was something like workouts or training athletes in suboptimal environments. That's what it was. Which we had done a lot. so much experience <laughs> uh, with. Uh, and yeah, just basically talking about how to get creative and that type of stuff and making things work when you have 60 kids and no equipment or something like that. I think that would have helped, I mean, towards a lot of the folks from listening, towards like designing and implementing the COVID type workouts, yeah, for honestly, sure. yeah. like 
knowing that we've done stuff like that. So yeah, that was a cool experience. It's kind of funny too when you when we're going through school or you're watching like a college strength coach and you're seeing these weight rooms where yep. it's like. 20 squat racks everything's nice everything's just immaculate perfect (laughs) and you're like oh yeah this is the perfect workout for this sport blah 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 here's why but then you show up to a school and you're like holy i've got 60 different athletes different ages yeah they've got three barbells that don't work (laughs) they don't spin and you basically throw all that out the window to some degree but you're still trying to hit like the main principles in the end yeah it's it's tough. I mean, you're like, yeah, people always post, look, look at my weight room. This is what we're doing. This kind of split. It's like, we, we don't have the ability to do that. We wish we could, but we don't. So. And uh, that particular summer, I think it's still this way, three days in a row for these kids. So they come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. It's the only times that work. They have jobs. They, they come in and they train really, really hard. Yeah. Three days they're, in they're, a row. They're wearing like jeans. Yeah. And like really like shirts you'd get at Spencer or what are the, what are the, what's the gift store in the mall that has? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I think it's Spencer's. Spencer's with all these like hilarious sayings on it. Like, like, oh, you can't wear that shirt. That's all I got. Okay. Now we got kids wearing Hey Dudes and stuff. (laughs) To work out. Yeah. I don't love it, but. Yeah. Crocs. Anyone working out in Crocs? Maybe. There's, there's always, there's always one. Yeah. Yeah. There's always one. That's just, it's whatever. At least they're there. If they're trying hard. It's not optimal, but whatever, right? So, we talked a lot about the outside yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say. Here's, a, here's an inside the gym story, because this reminded me. So, uh, we were putting up our Christmas tree this last weekend, Kirsten and I, and in our box of ornaments, uh, I actually found the, the one that Leah made for me two years ago. It's uh, my face on a, it's like a HP computer throwing back to uh, us doing zoom workouts and she took like a screenshot nice. <laughs> yeah she took a screenshot of uh people working out in their house um like for you guys you guys have been you know at ist a lot longer than i had at this point like january of that year i had made the decision to go full-time here like commit to starting my career the first like i'm all pumped up i'm like oh this is gonna be awesome and then three months in, I'm like, well, this isn't really what I imagined my professional oh, career. COVID. Yeah, yeah, this is not what I imagined my professional career starting like, looking at a computer screen, watching people work out with like their kids and their pets running around in the background and stuff. But I will say I'm always going to remember it. And I think it actually forced all of us to like be a lot more aware of how we coach people and like. You had to get, get creative with you, that. Yeah, too. You, had, you had to get creative. Like, how do you cue people? How do you motivate people from the other side of a computer screen and, and all that stuff? Um, there'd be, I mean, there'd be some days there'd be two yeah. people with, with no cameras. I, I, yeah. I'm just thinking about that. Yeah. I'm coaching someone who doesn't have a camera. It was just me and him. <laughs> I and got no camera. I'm just like saying anything I could think of at this point. Yeah. And like, Shout out to Donnie for that one for me. Nice job, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just never, ever going to forget that. And it was basically just close your eyes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just close your eyes and coach someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. kind of. Try that. No, you're right. That's that's a good point, Joe. That was, that's very memorable. Um, 
How about, I have puking down. We've had a, we've had some puking in here only a couple times, luckily. But one time we had we were running a kid 10, 10 inclined on the treadmill, ten speed puked on the treadmill. While he's having electronic, it's running, pukes flying everywhere. It's in the belt. It's it was inside the treadmill. Ridiculous. Uh, I didn't have to clean it. We had two interns that were. We didn't make them clean it, but they were like, "Do we? Should we clean it?" Like, yeah. They had gloves so. on and everything. It was. Oh, that might be the worst. Well. I well, you've had to clean up puke in the bathrooms a couple times. Yeah, so yeah, my, <laughs> my puke story, uh, individual, first time in class, you know, this this happens. It's no shame. I puked here. Actually, yep. I puked here one of my first workouts ever when I was in high school. I puked in the shower. But anyways, um, could see that they were starting to do, like, the puke cough, which I feel like we can identify pretty well. So, like, the hand over the mouth, a couple coughs. It's like, hey, like, go, go, yeah, go, yeah. go. <laughs> Goes somewhere. Starts running, gets real close to the locker room, the men's locker room door, and starts puking basically, I would say, like, three feet before the door. So, door gets covered. They get in, uh, hand on the wall, hand on the wall, <laughs> couple pukes on the wall. I don't know if the shoe rack was there at the time, but if it, if it was, it would <laughs> have be been puked. in the Splattered. shoes. Um, yep, and then... <laughs> Basically the whole the whole locker room from the door inwards, and that was not not fun to clean. And it yeah, that was not good. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know if you have any it. others. No, I mean they're just legendary when it happens. Yeah. Um, but and we're always comforting if it yeah, especially I mean, in an embarrassing yeah. scenario like I, that. I've, I guess it's happened to me on the open workouts. I've puked into that bucket. You know, yeah. Three times. Well, it's also like. That's kind of why we like our job, too. Like, we get to work with people who, like, the majority of people that come here, we have to pull the reins back in and kind of like, hey, like, let's take it back a little bit in your own self-interest versus, like, kicking people in the butt and trying to motivate them. I know for a fact I would rather deal with 50 people like that where I kind of got to... They're working too hard. They're working too hard. (laughs) Like, I got to reel them back in versus being the biggest cheerleader possible and they don't want anything to do with it. I so I have another funny story. It's not in the gym, but it was at Scholastica. We were doing uh Wingate testing, which is a maximal 30 second bike sprint. Oh. And for whatever reason, the lab took like three hours and I, I didn't eat on purpose because I knew I <laughs> would feel it after, but it ended up going so long. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever. Cause I was still on that peanut butter and jelly diet. Uh, and then like, 20 minutes later, the teacher's like, all right, you're up. And I'm like, all right, here we go. So max out, 30-second sprint. And I, I get done, and I this happened a lot back then. Face goes pale. I know I'm going to puke, and it's going to be like 15 or 20 minutes. So I sit down, and I go, guys, I'm going to puke. Yeah, you actually told me about that. And I'm like, and if you don't like it, you should leave. And they're like, Reese, are you serious? Like, are you joking? So then like, I'm like, all right, it's going to happen. And then like two minutes later, I puked. And... The one girl had to leave or whatever. Everyone was just in shock that you, you called it. They're like, yeah, what's but wrong? You, well, you looked completely normal. Then you puked. Yeah, I'm just so like, used completely to it. I was normal. so used to it at that point um, for me. God, I, I have one of my memories just kind of off topic of beating you in a shuttle run in here. 300 meter shuttle, which I was pretty proud about. <laughs> that was fun. I don't that, know why. That was when I was coaching one of my first teams ever, the U14 girls soccer team. And now they're, yeah. all, now they're all like, whatever, 25 years old or something. Um, but... Yeah, I won't forget that either because that was my first experience with uh, coaching a team in the gym. And then I did that to you. Yeah, and then you embarrassed me in a shell run, and then I had to coach them right after. <laughs> and I felt, I was like, had that drool you get when you work out a little 
harder than you should have. Yeah. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I also, like, so you said when you first started, like, embarrassing story about spotting, but I have Tabata push-ups. There used to be a couple athletes here who always wanted to do Tabata push-ups, which was 10 on, 10 seconds on, 5 seconds off, times 8 of push-ups. And I would do them every single day with this one kid. And that was, like, so memorable. Like, I, I bet you I did 1,000 of pu- thousand push-ups every two weeks. Um that was kind of like one of my first memories is having to do this all the time and Chris just cheering on and, but so fun too. It was like the perfect amount of time because traditional Tabata is a little bit longer, Yeah, but 10 on five off was just perfect. Yeah. That was, that was to bring that back, bring it back. Barbell complexes. Yeah. USOC. That was good. Kayaking with the The barbell. Barbell kayak. Barbell kayak. We used to kick pads. (laughs) We would hold pads for kids and they would, kick them and some of them would just obliterate the pads <laughs> in your face three of the kids that i can think of i've had to hold for it are well ben got drafted mlb that sucked him and his brother he's a <laughs> lane, big powerful kid lane krenzen plays at denver and then peonk <laughs> plays for the jets and i have to hold these and i was like chris are you sure he's like yeah it's just 15 reps like it was a counting exercise too yeah. so if they mess up the count well, well it was did? five 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 it was five here five there so ten four four Whatever the math is, is yeah. that uh, a 30 kicks and you have to hold it and you're kicking as hard as you can. And that was terrible, but a really good exercise if you're like training for Muay Thai and stuff like that. It was hard on your hamstrings. But it was hard on the hamstrings. It was part of our GPP program where we're just trying to give kids but, anything. It was kind of fun, but time consuming and dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen it all. We probably could keep talking for another thirty minutes. Yeah, there's honestly. a lot of there's like, some a lot of things on that list that still aren't um, touched. We could t- we could probably bring this into top stories from just cross CrossFit coaching next. Yeah, yeah um, as part two. But I mean, again, we've seen it all. We've worked, you know, on a football field with fifty swimmers. We worked in locker rooms. Did we, you guys have 120 soccer players in the gym all at once? In here, oh, yes, yes. Chris tells the story. Might have been a hundred. But he says the most kids that were ever in here. Yeah, something like that. Before the days of CrossFit, when that would happen at like five o'clock, which was which was really fun. I I, I love doing that. Still love doing that. But you know, get to meet a lot of people, and it's a really really cool thing. Oh, one thing I want to talk about: we used to have like an open concept CrossFit class where you would show up at any time, and you would start the workout at any time and go down the list. So you would have like between five and 9 a.m. You could show up whenever you wanted and you just do warm up, core strength, conditioning. Uh, And then moving to the class model, I think has been one of the best things that's ever happened here. And I think, I think you brought it, the idea of it. uh, Yeah. Because you had been to a bunch of gyms. I don't know if they had done the exact same model we use now, but that was like a pivotal point in our CrossFit. Yeah. I just, there was, just more cohesion like it just worked better worked better as coaching and we started small i mean joe you had that story just quickly about the other night yeah that was so, really cool yeah so this is even even just in like a four like i've only been here for four years in a four-year span um one of the first like new responsibilities i got when i was in grad school was we added the 640 class i remember distinctly for it was like maybe four weeks in a row um it was myself and one other person at the 640 class um and like the first one of the first workouts i had to coach was like a 22 minute amrap of like 800 meter run and like 
rowing and kettlebell swing. So I'm just like kind of like following. Yeah, I'm like kind of just following her around the gym and like being I'm a like, good DJ. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like trying to like you know like be the support that you'd want in that kind of workout. And uh, anyway, so like four years later, this Monday we had 21 at 6:40, and it was cool because she was one of 21 who was still working out at that same time. So that's like kind of cool to see the evolution of that. The 5 a.m. class is not that different. Like it was traditionally crazy. like three to four people. We only had it Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one point. Yeah. And we added a Tuesday randomly. Yeah. And then we added the Thursday after COVID, I think. Because um, the demand for that class just has continued. Because we had class size limits when yeah. COVID was up. We had yeah. like nine per class. So we're like, let's just have more classes. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. but yeah, it's just cool to see like the evolution of that happen just kind of right in front of you yeah we used to we used to have uh 7am too 7am something we got rid of for the open gym so it's a I class a lot of 7ams with one or two people yeah and uh we have a couple members that are still coming that would experience that and those were kind of fun and but that's actually a class we don't do anymore is the 7am so and our 7:30 class used to be at eight and we had actually called it more of a boot camp we call it our beginners class. Beginners was the first. Yeah. We, op- we offered two different times for it, which was not a good idea. Gave a little too much flexibility, which can be a bad thing. Because yeah. I'll just come later. And yeah. You just don't, you don't come still later. come later. But and then that then that transferred over to our current boot camp, which which has been fantastic. We've been doing that since 2015, and we've had some. I mean, we could have a stories from boot camp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, there's a <laughs> there's a lot. You've seen we've seen a lot of people that way too, but. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. We've worked with so many different people, like 10 year olds, right? All the way up to even eight, we had an eight year old, eight year old Pearl was what, 80 plus, yeah. 80 plus. So yeah. Um, any final stories? Let one, we got one last story. Oh boy. That we can talk about and then we'll be good. I guess my last thing is it's cool to like just go to the grocery store or wherever and it's like you'll see maybe an athlete or somebody you worked with and they'll like they will stop you and be like hey like i remember those workouts from cloquet or it's like you don't realize in the moment because you're asking them to do hard things and like you don't realize how impactful and influential it is on them and then they'll be like yeah i'm still working out because like i really enjoyed the workouts we did up there and like that's really what it's about. Like not every kid's going to go be a college athlete or professional athlete or whatever. As long as you can keep them healthy, like that's cool to hear. So whenever like somebody stops me, I'm like, okay, that was, yeah. it's worth it. It's sweet. I, I know at Cloquet and I'll call this person out cause they, they work here. I remember Krauser, maybe it was after his 12th grade year. Like he used to, Krauser came to every session for two years. He's one of the hardest working kids. And he said, like, he's like, thanks for everything. Like, this, like, changed my life type thing. And that's a pretty special moment yeah. when you can have kids say that and see the difference. Because you don't know what's going on in their family life, you know, at home and stuff like this. This could be the only positive out- like outlet for a lot of kids that we deal with sometimes. And um, it's really nice to make that difference. So, yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll, <laughs> just I mean, I was thinking, like, funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I got it. I'll, I'll piggyback on that. You know, uh, I started, I was 19 years old when I started at Cloquet and some of the kids, well, some of them might've been 19, but, uh, like <laughs> Austin, Austin Gotchnik, who also coached here was there at the time. Uh, and he, 
you know, kind of went into fitness, coached. He ended up being like one of our partners for a lot of CrossFit competitions. Uh, Max was there. Uh, it makes me think of the last time after Grandma's Marathon. This actually might have been two times ago or two years ago. But I went to Bayfront, and I get there, and I just see 30 of the cloquet kids that we used to coach, and they're all like, I guess they're like, feel like my age now, you know, because yeah. when I'm coaching them, even though they're a year younger than me, they feel like, you know, they're like little kids, basically. Yeah. But now that we're grown up, it's like they're all adults. They're only a year different than me. It's like, it's really cool uh, and how many of them had positive things to say. And even a few of them uh, got into like strength and conditioning coaching, yeah. uh, like Benson and uh, whatnot. But yeah, it's just really cool to have such a positive influence to not only get them to love lifting, which is going to, and conditioning, to affect their health in a positive way, but also that they're taking it and then they're spreading that same love to more kids. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's a pyramid scheme of fitness. <laughs> and we got to stop. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah, the Pyramid yeah. scheme works too. I think it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I guess, I mean, uh, I have some funny kind of memories, negative memories. Um, I, I had a two or three, I'm not going to say two, three times in like a year, year, year and a half span that I actually slept in. Um, one you've covered for me on a Saturday. My, my jacket and keys got stolen. Yep. It grandma's marathon weekend. Um, and then another one was we were working with UWS men's hockey. I was having such a great like fall. Guys were getting after it. We were ready to do a 400 meter lunge as a team, as part of their Olympics. And a week before we did that, I like Slept in through my alarm for the 6 a.m. I woke up at like 5.55 and I had to be there at 6. And I'm like, oh, God. And I got there. I felt so bad. So then I told them I would do the 400-meter lunge with them and I'd do it individually. And I completed it and they were all cheering me on. And You kept your word. I kept my word, but I felt super bad about sleeping in. And I've, I've gotten past that now. I still have a fear of it. I still have. I have my one light alarm clock where it lights up the whole room, which basically if you're sleeping next to someone, it's going to really not make them happy. But that's the risk or that's the, the price I have to pay to make sure I'm yeah, that's... not going to sleep in. And then obviously I have like 10 on my phone. Because you, you haven't in the morning, right? I haven't in the morning. But one time I missed a noon class. That I was, our, our schedules had just changed and I did it correctly the week before. And it was the second week of this new schedule. And I was at my old place and we were doing a bunch of house projects we were about to sell. And we were doing something on the front door. And all of a sudden we get done and it's like 1.15. And I have a missed call from you, I think, or a text. And I had a text from Joe and it was like, are you coming? It was like 12.15. And I was like, oh my God, I missed my entire class. But luckily Joe was here and he took the class. And yeah, I felt a lot of shame though. That's <laughs> shame. I felt bad. Like I was awake and everything. I'm just replacing this stupid door. I, I think... It happens. It's gotta get, can't make it a habit. Oh, I missed I, a personal training session. I was at the mall when someone showed up. She called me, and I was like in the worst attire because I like go shopping <laughs> in like sweatpants and like a white Hanes t-shirt. So I drove down, and that's when you get a free session. Chris wasn't gonna let you live that down. It was like on Labor Day or something. Yeah, weird, but can't let that happen. Can't, can't let that. It hasn't happened for us. So, and Joe, I think you're perfect on that. I don't think you've. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Knock on wood. Good so. job, Joe. Good job. But yeah, that's. Is it, you guys have any final words on this? This has been kind of fun to just discuss. And... Ten years, a lot of stuff can happen. This was just like scraping the surface, the first stuff that came to our I, heads, I, I can think of so many more yeah. things. Like yeah. the one guy who came in off the street and 
ran in, asked how to do a muscle up. Yep. And then tried for like what, ten minutes. <laughs> that was uh, Jose, I think, or uh, again, Chris would know his name. Chris, but yeah, he came in, and the, the monkey bars were actually in the middle of the gym, and they were the super board. high up. They were super high up, and he jumped up and asked Chris how to get one, and almost got one and left. One guy buzzed in on his bike off the street, did like a figure eight and like went woo and yelled. And then Chris came out his office like, what was that? I'm like, there's a guy that just biked into the gym. Uh, we had a little like mini mob of four little 10-year-old skateboarding kids that came in. And I actually stomped a kickflip right in front of them, which I was really, really proud about. And they were in shock. They needed water, so it was fair. But. That's like one of those things that would happen on like a sick YouTube video. Yeah, it was actually like, hey, like, kid, let me see that. And yeah, it was like <laughs> kind of set up. It was kind of fun. Uh, but it's cool. Yeah, a lot of walk-ins and you had stuff stolen one morning. That was recently. Um, yeah. Joe's seen some people. That person really sold it though. Like they came in and told me they were here for a, their first class and that their dad signed them up. I shouldn't say stuff stolen to make anyone nervous. It was just our closed order that was at the front. They like took a sample. Sample order. <laughs> so it was so, good. They needed it. Yeah. It was cold out too. All right. We could keep going. We might as well. What a note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's been positive. Maybe we'll do another one just on our top stories, memories of our CrossFit because that's been wild as well. Yeah, that's another like six years of memories (sighs) for me at least. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week.